This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your co I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. My usual co-host this morning, Naz Marchese, is away for the weekend. Uh, Naz, we'll see you. We'll have you back again next Sunday morning. Joining me in studio this morning is our assistant producer and uh, a friend of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, a young man, Steve Sahoyas. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Walter. Thanks for having me on the show today. And Naz, if you're listening, hopefully you're having a good time in Nashville. Uh, I know, Steve, you're doing some good work now. At uh, You're a, st- uh, a student at the uh, sports media program at Ryerson, and you're also doing some good work with Yahoo Sports Canada. Keep up the good work. Anyways, let's get into it. We've got a busy show today. This week, the Ontario government passed Rowan's Law, Bill 193. It's all about concussion safety, and we're going to talk today about the Rowan Stringer story. She's a young lady that tragically passed away at the age of 17 a few years back, and uh, we're going to talk about her story and how her tragedy has uh, resulted in a change uh, in the law in Ontario. Bill 193, Rowan's Law, is going to enforce some concussion management protocols across the province. All sports, uh, sports organizations will be subject to it, as well as schools and other uh, entities that deal with young youth in sports. And it's been a long time coming, and it's about time. Uh, we'll be talking to John Crick. He's on. He's holding on the uh, air. He uh, was involved in a and uh, in a uh, award-winning newspaper uh, four-part series, the National Post. John writes for the Toronto Sun and Post Media Sports. In the middle of the hour, we'll be talking to Steve Podborski. Steve Podborski is the CEO of Parachute Canada, an organization devoted to preventing injuries amongst youth in Canada. And later on in the hour, uh, we've uh, privileged to have back with us Dr. Michael Cusimano, a world-renowned surgeon and scientist at St. Michael's Hospital. And uh, he's been in the forefront of uh, concussions and brain injuries in sports. And we're, uh, once again, we're certainly privileged to have him back. Uh, first of all, Steve, good morning. How are you today? I'm doing good, Walter. How about you on this uh, fine morning? I know we had to turn the clocks an hour forward. We lost an hour of sleep, but uh, what can you do, right? Uh, we're, we're ready to go, and uh, I understand we may have a new PC later, uh, but uh, I, I, won't, uh, I won't get into that. Let's, get, let's talk with John Crick. John, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. I'm doing great today, even though it's a short day today. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's short and I guess longer in a, in a certain sense. But John, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, mm. uh, obviously, uh, uh, an important step in in advancing the cause of safety 
amongst our youth was Rowan's Law this week. Uh, Bill 193, uh, actually called Rowan's Law in in concussion safety, and I actually have read it. Uh, I have a copy of it in front of me. Uh, But I wanted to talk to you about um, a few years back in the National Post, you you were part together with Vicki Hall and I believe Scott Stimson. Right. You were part of a special four-part series that won the 2016 National Newspaper Award for Sports, where Post Media News explored the issue of youth concussions and the pressure felt by athletes. And you, at that point, got involved in the Rowan Stringer story. Uh, just to assist our listeners, um, um, briefly, what uh, tell us why... Uh, what happened to Rowan, and uh, why uh, her tragedy is now important in changing and making sports safer for our youth in Canada? Yeah, it really was important. Uh, Vicki Hall, my colleague, was the one who chronicled um, Rowan Stringer. She's from Ottawa, a high school student in her last year, wanted to become a nurse. In fact, had already been accepted, I believe, at uh, an, Ottawa, an Ottawa university. And she ended up being pronounced dead there. She played, uh, she was on the the high school rugby team. She felt that she had suffered a concussion in a game. And later that week had another game. She didn't tell any adults that she had felt that she'd suffered that concussion in that first game. Uh, She did text with a couple of friends and even joked, well, yeah, I'll be playing in this next game if I'm not dead. I'm paraphrasing. And tragically, she did die. She suffered another concussion. Um, and that is the was the call. Uh, Vicky Hall wrote about this at the same time earlier that year. We both had because Vicky Hall at the time covered amateur sport for uh, Post Media and the National Post and all the Sun papers, and I cover and I still cover NFL. And it had just got to the point where um, we just felt that uh, independently we'd gone to our editor. I don't know if the story's been told publicly, but we had gone to our editor editors that. Bev Wake and Bill Pierce, and, and try to find out a little bit more about uh, the background on these things. She had heard about Rowan, and she was the one, Vicky, who shone the light on that story, that tragic story. And her heroic parents, who um, are the ones that are responsible for this Rowan's Law, which is now going into effect. And bottom line, Ottawa, or sorry, Ontario is now the first province in Canada to uh, legislate and, and have policies and mandating that kids, uh, youths in, who play sports uh, in community leagues, etc., clubs, uh, must uh, not be allowed to return to play if they've been uh, diagnosed with a concussion. They need medical clearance. Uh, that has occurred now for the past few years uh, in the Ontario schools, which I believe Ontario was the first in May yet be the only province, I don't know that for sure, that has a policy for schools. Uh, for instance, if you tell your teachers or even phone in one day to your school in Ontario to say that you believe your child might be concussed, they cannot come back to school without uh, a plan uh, from a doctor, a signed form, a, a static form. But what this is so important is because every, as Vicky discovered during this series three years ago, Every state in the United States, all 50 states, have their own return-to-play and concussion diagnosis policies for youth in all sports, in all walks of sports, and Canada doesn't. And we all feel in Canada that our health policy and health system is better than the Americans. How could this be? Um, Vicky was shocked. I was shocked to learn this, and that's what prompted 
this series that you spoke about. And uh, and it's great to see that Rowan's Law has finally received royal assent and is becoming law. Yeah, it is, uh, Stephen, by the way, John, uh, it is truly mind-baffling when you think about how far far we are behind where the Americans were as far as concussion and, and mm-hmm. treating it, especially in the school system. Uh, another issue that was brought to light in the series was, quote-unquote, mild concussions, and I use, you know, air quotes here while mm-hmm. I say that because there, there really is no such thing as a mild concussion. What can you tell us about what you learned about these mild concussions? Well, uh, part of that maybe is, is because the the specific medical term, I'm not sure if it's still uh, in, in, in operation, but mild traumatic brain injury is what a concussion is, 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 is how it's defined in the medical community. And those who deal with it, neurologists, uh, athletic therapists who help people, uh, they all despise that term because, as you just kind of implied, the application of the term mild makes it sound as though it's not serious. Well, of course, any brain injury is serious, especially concussion. And what I ended up writing, my major contribution to the series, is I followed a youth soccer player uh, through the the system as far as how, not not there when he was uh, concussed, but he went to a, a tournament in the States and was concussed. And it was diagnosed as a mild concussion, or at least uh, there are no mild concussions. But it was it was about as least severe a concussion as a, as a child can suffer. And just the steps that it took for him to be able to return to normal life is only a couple of weeks. But uh, I attended his uh, therapy sessions uh, at Toronto Sports Medicine Specialist downtown, and just to see the steps that went through and how scary it was. Um, Every concussion is different. It's like a snowflake, the medical people all tell me. And for him, it was, he did not have, other than the immediate headache and the immediate emotions, um, he did not immediately have anything that would make you think that he was concussed. It was the next day, they told me, that he woke up, went to the, you know, those hotel complimentary stations where everybody waits in line to make their own pancakes. It was there when he loaded up his plate, went to sat down. Went to sit down, all these other kids and parents uh, flooded the area before their next game. And the noise, his particular symptom was uh, aversion to noise. For some, it's aversion to light. There's no rhyme or reason that any medical professional still knows about why that is. Or, will it, you know, if you get hit on this side of the brain, you'd be more likely to suffer this. It's all a mystery right now. And that is when he just said to his parents, get me out of here. This noise, it was, it was just, giving him a splitting headache and he was felt like he was going to throw up well i followed his through through his recovery of how he couldn't go back to school because he's in ontario and uh, so that's how i learned about that part of the the situation he was fine within a couple of weeks in fact they i believe he stayed out of his sport for almost three or four weeks just the parents just wanted to be ultra safety and the, the coach completely backed that uh, recovery plan John. But it's scary. When you hear about how this kid was terrified hmm. and he went back to school early and thought he'd be fine uh, a week later, or not even a week later, and this is the other thing, thought everything was good, and this is after having seen the therapist, and parents dropped off at lunch, thought that'd be a good way to do it. <laughs> and then, then all the kids at lunch, of course, that's when they're the loudest. That's when he realized he still had that symptom. And parent had just got home, called up, said, get me out of here. So to see... What he went through and 
just with the quote unquote, as you say, mildest form of concussion was scary. Uh, we're talking to John uh, Crick uh, at uh, the Toronto Sun and uh, Post Media, and we're talking about uh, Rowan's Law. And of course, the uh, there's a young lady that's behind Rowan's Law, and it's Rowan Stringer. And you know, as part of this uh, interview, John, of course, I went back to the award-winning series that you were a part of, mm-hmm. and I've read this two or three times, and. Um, Rowan Stringer was uh, was uh, an incredible young lady, and uh, if you're watching us on on uh, live streaming right now, um, I've got a picture of her here. Uh, she's an incredibly beautiful young lady, um, and she was 17 years old. She was the captain of her high school rugby team. Um, she suffered a concussion and apparently a second concussion, and then ultimately the the, the tragic one. Um, and I read this story and chills go down my spine. I was involved in some incidents when I was coaching minor hockey back in the in the 90s. And we didn't know as much as we did then. Sure. But uh, there's two very important people. Uh, you know, Rowan obviously is going to leave her legacy. Uh, but her parents, Gordon and Kathleen, uh, tragically, uh, Rowan Stringer passed away on Mother's Day, uh, the ultimate irony. Um, but you've met Gordon and Kathleen Stringer. And they've yes. been in the forefront uh, of pushing for this law. Uh, they could have wallowed in their in uh, in their tragedy, but they have not. They have done everything they have possibly can to make sure this doesn't happen again to anybody else. And they've pushed this law forward. There was a there was a coroner's inquest. Tell us in your meeting with Gordon and Kathleen Stringer. Tell us a little bit about them. Yeah, I met him last summer at uh, a Concussion Legacy Foundation news conference at Queen's Park with MPT Lisa McLeod, um, who deserves praise as well, because it was her private member's bill that uh, got all this going from make, to make this a law. She's from Ottawa, and she's very sports-minded and uh, a, a hockey mom, I believe. So, yeah, Gordon and Kathleen, they decided that they didn't want their daughters, this is very emotional, but they didn't want their daughter's death to be meaningless. And they did not want to hear of one other youth in Canada. Uh, certainly all they could do for, from this standpoint, of course, was the provincial law. But they didn't want any other youth in Canada to die in the same way that their daughter died, uh, who didn't know. Obviously, she suspected she might have been concussed. Um, Rowan did, but she, if she had been better educated, um, likely this would have happened. And uh, just because concussion awareness has skyrocketed in the last two, three years, but this, I think, happened in 2013, and it was different then, as you just said. I mean, when we were young, I mean, you rubbed dirt on it. Oh, or people would, yeah, I remember we played touch football once in where I grew up in Windsor, and uh, one guy grabbed a guy's arm and swung him around, and his head hit a steel pole, like a clothesline pole. Wow. And it and it was ding, and we all laughed because he got his bell rung, literally. Ha, ha, ha. Nobody would do that now. <laughs> you know, kids now, I think, are, are aware enough, and certainly after the implementation of this law, say in two or three, four years, I don't think that would ever happen. I think everybody would immediately be concerned. We thought it was funny. You know, so nobody knows how many concussions we've all suffered in our youth playing sports or falling off a bike, what have you. This 
education of the public is a key part of this Rowan's Law. Uh, John, on that that note, unfortunately, uh, as I'm sure you're aware, we're tight for time, and we've got got Steve Podborski over in Korea, and we've we've got to get to him. Uh, We want to thank you so much, and I really apologize for interrupting you uh, in mid-sentence. No, it's all good. But your your contributions have been incredibly valuable. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, to talking to us about uh, Rowan and about her parents. We really might, we really appreciate it. Thanks so much, John. Very kind of you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Uh, we're going to go to break, and we'll be right back after the break with Steve Podborski, the Chief Executive Officer and President of Parachute Canada. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams... Or special ops units. Go, 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 go! Everybody down! So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, we're also on 96.7 FM. Live streaming at www.zoomerradio.ca. This morning we're talking about Bill 193, Rowan's Law. It's all about concussion safety. We're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, Steve Podborski, the president and CEO of Parachute Canada. Steve, good morning. Is it morning over there? Uh, good morning. Steve. It's good evening. Here it's good evening. Seoul. In Korea, Washington, I'm still up in Pyeongchang at the Paralympic Games. 
Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, uh, we really appreciate it. We've chatted before. Uh, let, uh, first of all, uh, we obviously this week the Ontario government uh, passed some a legislation. It's called Bill 193, Rowan's Law, Concussion Safety. Um, I know that you've been a part of that through your organization. First of all, once again, tell us a little bit about uh, Parachute Canada uh, and how it's involved in, in Bill 193 and also involved in trying to prevent injury amongst our youth. Parachute Canada is about injury prevention. We're about the part before your heart is broken when something doesn't go right. And so when you look at Gordon and Kathleen Stringer, they were two parents of a beautiful, happy, wonderful girl named Rowan who was playing sports, as every young Canadian should do. In every in winter and summer, they should play sports. They should, you know, enjoy what being Canadian is in all our different sports and, and all our different seasons. And Rowan was playing rugby with her high school, and then one day she was tackled and, and died. And the question was, why would why would this beautiful young girl die seemingly for no reason? And it turned out that she'd actually had a concussion in a previous uh, practice, and then in the game she ended up being tackled again. Not nothing out of the ordinary, and then she died. And so the question is: is why would that happen? And should and should it happen again? The answer, of course, is no. No young woman should die. No young man should die in our great nation, in our province of Ontario. And you know, parachute is about not having injuries. It's about not having heartbreak. It's about not making a mistake, but doing the right thing so you and your kids can grow up to have a great long life to the fullest. Rowan and Gordon, Rowan Stringer, she died because there were some things didn't work out right. And so her parents, Gordon and Kathleen, and many other people have stood together with Parachute in a small way to support the notion of uh, Bill 193, where we can have it in the schools, our legislation that allows us to train and talk about concussions so that we don't have a negative result. So nobody dies and uh, we can play our sports and, and enjoy, you know, being a Canadian. Uh, talking to Steve Podborski. Steve, Ontario will be the first jurisdiction in Canada that's going to pass this type of legislation. And kudos to Lisa McLeod and to and to organizations like Parachute Canada and to doctors like Dr. Cusimano and Dr. Tater and to all the other stakeholders. Uh, thankfully, thankfully, uh, we, uh, we are finally getting a piece of, uh, uh, making it part of our law that we're not, that we are going to take care of our young athletes and take these concussions slash brain injuries and treat them with the seriousness that they deserve to be treated with. Um, not that I want to be critical, Steve, uh, but uh, Canada seems to have been behind uh, in, behind the Americans. Uh, every 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 state in the United States already has this legislation. Uh, why is it taking uh, just why is it taking Canada to, uh, longer to jump on this bandwagon? Uh, you know, it's. 
I, I think that Canada has always been a balanced country. I wouldn't um, say we're that far behind America. I think where we, we need to go is to embrace uh, the notion of Rowan's Law in each province. Already I know that Manitoba is moving in that direction, and I and Parachute, you know, our charity is dedicated to making sure it happens in every province and territory in Canada. America isn't as coherent as we would be. They're not as thoughtful as we might be, I think. And really, at the end of the day, the question is, is that how do you make a better Canada? How do you make Canada and Ontario and Manitoba and Alberta and B.C. and every other place in our great nation better than tomorrow than it is today? And that is by making legislation that reflects what Canadians want. We want to protect our children. We want them to play and to to live a long life to the fullest. At the same time, we don't want them to, to be injured or die for in areas that we know the right answer. And so Canada will move forward. And it's a process. It's not going to happen in one easy step. We're going to have to step forward two steps or three and come back one. But we will make a great difference in going forward. And so, you know, I, I love America, but I think Canada is better. And I think we're going to continue to uh, make advances and, and do the right thing. And I, I know you're going to talk to um, um, Dr. Cusimano, a great neurosurgeon, yeah. Dr. Cusimano. And I, I have to tell you, I was in a panel with him just earlier this, uh, this, this year, and he was asked by a very astute um, media person like, Dr. Guzmano, there are so many people being injured by brain injuries, and there's lots of data, and what do you think? He says, there's not enough data to, to prove that uh, multiple head injuries can cause CTE or anything else. But he says, if you wreck your ankle 15 <laughs> times, you've got a bad ankle. <laughs> it's true. It makes you a lot cannot of sense. injure your brain, cannot break your leg, and you cannot wreck your wrist 15 times and expect to be good. You have to take care of yourself, happy, thoughtful, and uh, that's one of our great challenges as a parent and as uh, as people that run sports in our great nation. We have to take care of ourselves and take care of our kids. And it's, you know, having a head injury is just like having a broken leg. All you do is take care of it, put it in a cast, take, you know, take the time out, and then it should be fixed. Uh, we're talking to Steve Podborski. Steve, uh, don't get me wrong. I wasn't intending to be critical. I'm thrilled that we have this legislation. Uh, I was ex- I coached minor hockey in the mid-1990s. I got exposed to concussions among some of my young athletes uh, at the ages of 10, 11, 12, and became very sensitive to uh, concussion and concussions protocols over 20 years ago. So I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled that the Ontario government has uh, has uh, put this in legislation. I've got a copy of the legislation. Uh, I've read it. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, contrary to most legislation, uh, this actually has, it's, it's people-friendly because it has an explanatory note uh, explaining the legislation, which is which you don't normally find that in, in, in law that uh, the province of Ontario enacts. And I want to go through a couple of points in the legislation. Uh, and it seems the legislation seems to be focused on two core principles. 
And, and this is what concussions are all about. Suffering the first concussion sometime is inevitable. It's all about making sure you don't get the second one or the third one until you've recovered from the first one. And, and now they've imposed mandatory, um, uh, mandatory provisions for sports organizations must establish a removal from sport protocol for athletes suspected of having sustained a concussion, and a sport organization is required to establish a return to sport. So it's a removal from sport and a return to sport protocol with respect to athletes who have sustained a concussion. What does that mean, Steve? What it means is that if you have a girl who's playing rugby and who you ha- who has not reported that she had a concussion, nor has her teammates, who she's told, she's told her buddies, hey, I got a stinger. And then she goes back and she plays in the Thursday night game with her buddies and her teenage coach. And she gets tackled and she dies on the field in front of all of them. And it wasn't pretty. That's what we don't want again. And so if it happens that you have a soccer player or a hockey player or a rugby player or any other sport, and it might be that she or he has a concussion, do not put them back because the result might be that they die. It is not the right thing to do. The right thing to do is say, I want that young man or woman to live a long life to the fullest. And I, it's my duty to pull them out because the sport they're playing, hockey, soccer, rugby, uh, lacrosse, volleyball, is not worth their life. What, what is the right thing to do is to pull them out and say, yeah, you've got other things to do in your life. And you, you can miss the game, you can miss the tournament, and, and, and have a great life going forward. That's really the point. The point is, you know, We'll take care of you. We'll, we'll, you will care for our children, for our youth, and bring them up so they can be, you know, better than us, and they can, you know, uh, lead us and, and be, become leaders in our community and, and be prime minister and all those great things. Uh, Steve, uh, it's, it's been a few years since uh, uh, Rowan passed away, and it's almost like that that was, that was the seminal moment um, where... It was the wake-up call in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, have you noticed in in your work, and, and obviously going back to your time as one of one of Canada's greatest athletes, uh, greatest skiers of all time in a, in a highly risk sport, have you noticed a change in culture or a change in attitude uh, towards uh, towards concussions and brain injuries in the last? Uh, last five, ten years, last three, four years. What's your sense of where our society is on this issue right now? You know what? It, that's the right question, but I would put it in a larger context. Not only have we changed our attitude towards concussion, but we change our attitude towards many other things. So no longer is it all right to sit in your office and have smoke at the desk and have a, a fifth of scotch in the drawer and to grab things, you know, it's not right anymore to have the 50s attitude 
in the 2010s. We, we've, we've transformed ourselves from what we were yesterday to what we are today, and tomorrow we're going to be better. And so it's much the same with concussion. It used to be that treatment for concussion was smelling salts, and, and that's just not right anymore. I, I talk to people all the time about that, and they say, well, it's not like that anymore. And so today we are better, and tomorrow we'll be better again. Uh, but, uh, you know, in Ontario, we've taken a giant leap forward. We've said we put into the law that it must be better. And I think that you'll find provinces and territories across Canada will embrace the same approach, possibly even one more enlightened, and that uh, we'll make ourselves better. And that's what, you know, we need, we need to do in Canada. We need to be ahead. You mentioned Americans at the beginning. I, I think we're going to do better than they are. And I would say to you, there's no other country in the world that will be as advanced as Canada if we put Rowan's Law into place in every one of our provinces and territories. And then we'll have to look for other things and other ways to get better. But honestly, you know, if you want to know what Canada is, is great at, it's about being a leader. And this is one of the ways to show it. Uh, on that note, Steve, uh, talking about Canada being a leader, you and your organization are certainly a big part of that. Parachute Canada, check, uh, it's at parachutecanada.org. Um, some great material some great educational material on your website. Uh, Certainly, I've had the privilege of going there and educating myself. Uh, To all the parents, to all the coaches, uh, to all the stakeholders in youth sports in Canada, uh, uh, a message, how can Parachute Canada help them out? If you go to parachutecanada.org, you will get the Harmonized Concussion Protocol That is a protocol that's used by every major sport organization. In fact, every sport organization in Canada. So Hockey Canada, Alpine Canada, Athletics Canada, uh, Freestyle Canada. If you want to know how they take care of their athletes, you go to that website and you'll get the protocol. And that protocol will not only be good for athletes, but it will be good for parents and kids and grandmothers and everybody else, that will help guide you on the way to come back from a head injury because it's the best. It's what we got from the Berlin uh, consensus statement. It was uh, all the best people in the world got together and said, what's the best thing? And then Parachute Canada took that stuff and distilled it down into, into you know, what language of people talk. And uh, if you go and check our website, parachutecanada.org, you will find out how to take care of your concussion for your, your, your kid, your mom, your dad, and uh, that will help you get better. And there's great, great doctors and nurses across our, our nation who can help you out and move you through that thing. But basically, it shouldn't take more than a week or two for an adult to get better. It takes longer. There is great people who help you out. And, uh, you know, concussion isn't a stopper. It's not the end of the world. It's like a broken leg. It's a serious injury. But once you fix it, you should get back in the game and start playing again, just like you do with every other serious injury. And uh, enjoy you know, living in Canada. It's a great nation.
Steve, we've been talking to Steve Podborski. Uh, Steve, thanks so much. We know uh, we know you're uh, over in Korea and. Uh, in no, the... I'm at the Paralympics. You know, I mean, there's some yeah. people here that have had some challenges, but yeah. the point is they're still playing, yeah. and you can too. But if you can, um, you know, get proper treatment, you know, you can you can still be fine and and be a normal, happy Canadian and and go crazy. But if you're not coming to the Paralympics, it's uh, this yeah. is some of the finest. Uh, human uh, performance I've ever seen in my life. And uh, we know that your organization and you are doing some fantastic work. It's been an issue that's been important to this show for years. It's been an issue that's been important to me personally for a long time. All I can say is keep up the good work, keep spreading the message, keep preventing and minimizing youth sports injury. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Steve Podborski. We'll be right back after the break with Dr. Michael Cusimano. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams, or special ops units. Go, 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 go! So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We've been talking about Bill 193, Rowan's Law, a bill enacted by legislation, law enacted by the province of Ontario this week with all party support. Uh, it's an important piece of legislation. It's results from the passing of Rowan Stringer, who passed away as a result of concussion uh, uh, injuries a few years back. And uh, various stakeholders in the province of Ontario have gotten together 
and push forward legislation that arose uh, from recommendations from a coroner's inquest. And we're pleased to, to welcome back to the Naz and Waller Sports Hour, uh, Dr. Michael Cusimano. Dr. Cusimano is a world-renowned neurosurgeon and scientist at St. Michael's Hospital in Toronto. Dr. Cusimano, welcome. It's a privilege to have you back. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Walter. Thanks for having me. It's it's uh, uh, Rowan's law was passed this week, um, and it uh, it involves uh, discussions that have that have uh, gone on for a few years. And I've, I've I've seen some of your interviews, Doctor. We've chatted, and uh, one of the areas I know that you've been vocal about is not only do we want to treat concussions, but we want to prevent them. And we've got to get past as a society, as a society, especially in youth sports. But you know, you've made the uh, you've made the point that what happens in professional sports trickles down to the youth. But we have a culture of aggression, and I know you've used that term a few times. Uh, we have a culture of aggression in sports that sometimes gets passed down from from the top to the bottom. Tell us a little bit about what you mean by that, and and how we and how we deal with that. Well, um, what we mean is that um, these things don't occur in isolation. That what what people see on television, what they follow, what uh, children emulate in their stars, how uh, big business and government and groups present sport, has an effect on how. Uh, children and youth play the sport and how we organize sport for kids uh, uh, and and usually usually this uh, means that there's a, a win at all costs attitude and that win at all costs attitude uh, means that you'll do anything uh, to win and unfortunately that includes violence and aggression and um, unfortunately, some people will suffer the effects of this violence and aggression. And uh, what it does is it ruins sport for kids, ruins sport for youth, and drives them away from it. And sometimes we have a tragedy like with Rowan. And my thoughts go out to her parents at this time. And everybody, everybody's, uh, everybody's uh, kids who have suffered uh, concussions because I think part of the problem is the culture. This law moves that culture forward a little step in saying something, but it's kind of unfortunate that we had to go to legislation uh, to try to move it forward, but it's an important step forward. Hello, Dr. Cusimato. This is Stephen Sohoyes. One of the things that have been ingrained in the hockey culture is labeling the concussions as is almost like the C word. You don't want to say it. Look at Austin Matthews in the city, for an example. When his injury this season, his first one first came out, it was labeled as an upper body injury. And it wasn't until he admitted later that he was feeling concussion-like symptoms that we finally got a better idea as to what was happening with him. How much of that is an issue in sports, the fact that people are afraid to address the real elephant in the room, and, and, and it's become a part of the culture, you know, being around hockey dressing rooms. Uh, it, it definitely is a bit of an issue. So how much is that an issue in sport? It's a huge issue. Our research has shown that uh, people will uh, go underground, that is, hide the concussion, 
And here at the highest level of sport, we're seeing everybody complicit in the whole thing by putting out a statement saying it's an upper body injury when it's in fact a concussion. And uh, a law like this could have an unintended consequence of driving that even more underground. That is, kids won't report it, coaches won't report if they see that this is happening. You know, at the time this unfortunate event happened, there was a huge amount of awareness around concussion, and I don't know about the Ottawa Rugby League or Ontario Rugby, if they had requirements around this, uh, about uh, because the consensus statements from Zurich were probably in effect at that time, not the Berlin one, but basically the same same principles were in that statement. So we wonder why it still happened even though there was a law. So will a law change that? I certainly hope so. Um, But I hope what it does mostly is move our culture, just like bicycle helmets laws, moved our culture forward to say, hey, you know what? It's okay to wear a bicycle helmet and enjoy your bicycling. Does everybody wear it? No. Um, You know, I I think one concern I have is that the law clearly states this is only for amateurs. Well, why is it only for amateurs? What about professionals? And then what enforcement is there behind it, particularly uh, for professionals? And the law specifically states anyone suspected of a concussion has to come out. Yes, the NHL and different groups have their protocols, but what are we going to do to really put, you know, our action behind what we say in our laws. Are we gonna are we gonna start monitoring the NHL? Are we gonna start monitoring uh, the Canadian Football League? Because as we started at the beginning, really that culture influences children and youth sport tremendously. So Austin Matthews is a good example of that. But it behooves the players themselves. The players' health is the issue at hand. The NHL isn't going to suffer like that individual player, so the players have to come out. But it's, it's kind of analogous to this Me Too movement. The, unless the players who are actually injured come out and start to change the culture, uh, the big elephant in the room is money. Uh, the, money won't, the money won't move because the money is being made in droves right now. So it's the people who are suffering have to come out and speak out so it doesn't do Austin Matthews any benefit to hide it and call it an upper body injury. And he doesn't do the sport any benefit by saying that. And, and the Toronto Maple Leafs don't do it, and neither does the NHL. We're talking to Dr. Michael Cusimano. You raise an interesting point. Um, I mean, the legislation has been passed. It's Bill 193, Rowan's Law, Concussion Safety. I've read it. It's not. It's uh, it's only about two or three pages long. It applies to as you said, amateur sports organizations. It actually applies to education boards as well. It's a bill also amends the Education Act of Ontario. Yeah. Uh, my particular uh, professional training, I read these things from a certain perspective. Um, there, I'm thrilled that we have this legislation, but how this will play out in practice, uh, I suspect nobody knows yet. There's two key components of this legislation. Uh, A removal from sport protocol 
and a return to sport protocol that every sport, amateur sport organization has to develop. And you, 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 you raised an interesting point, Dr. Cusimano, is that in the removal from sport, it's for athletes who are suspected, suspected of having sustained a concussion. Uh, I coached minor hockey for quite a, quite a while in the mid-1990s. I had some kids that had concussions, or, but a coach, an amateur coach, let's see how this plays out in practice. An amateur coach uh, isn't a trained medical professional. Uh, from a practical point of view, how do you see an amateur coach determining or, or where the legal threshold is for a suspicion of a concussion? If you're the coach behind the bench, what are you looking for? Well, the other aspect that the legislation has is that it has an educational component to it. So hopefully uh, there will be that education to give that coach a minimum level of knowledge about it and to have parents and children have that minimum level of knowledge. And uh, there are things such as uh, uh, what the uh, consensus group and uh, our group um, uh, at Parachute, of which I'm a member, and uh, we've developed concussion recognition tools that we can educate people about that. But then the question becomes is what happens if the athlete either doesn't report or the coach doesn't recognize what are the implications of that if that child unfortunately then suffers some uh, permanent uh, damage as a result of that or has some other problems that go on like um, you know they get they get some other issues that go on but they address it as they put it back toward that concussion that wasn't treated properly so it'll be very interesting now that there's legislation uh, in there how that will be dealt with. The schools have had a, a, a policy statement for a few years now that is very similar to this, but there was uneven application of the policy. Um, but most school boards, uh, at least in Ontario, <clears throat> are on board with something like this, and they've they've had their game in play for a number of years, uh, led by the, the OFIA group, which is the Ontario Physical Education Association. So that coach on the bench is going to be put in a difficult situation, but hopefully the education will meet the needs of those people, and the law specifies that. The question is, who's going to pay for all this education? Who's going to do it? And the practical aspects of that. So who's going to pay? Are people going to go out and now start charging parents to have this education? There's a bit of a cottage industry that's developed around concussion. And so does this, and does this create more of that and more costs for kids to engage in sport? So these are some of the unintended potential consequences that can arise when you put something into legislation as opposed to having people recognize the problem, and change their behavior. Unfortunately, we, sometimes we need laws, but laws without teeth in them uh, may create some problems that uh, we don't really foresee. Uh, Dr. Cusimano, in one of your studies that you did surrounding hockey players, you said w one of the biggest factors in helping aid these players who are concussed 
is is having a good support group. Just how important is it to have that support group around an athlete who has been concussed, and and how much does that help aid them to get back to where they once were in their athletic? Uh, uh, well, it's tremendous, tremendously important to have good parents, uh, good peers, a good coach who understands what's going on. I think that's going to be a very a positive effect of such legislation, that, that everybody is going to support that. Like, uh, you know, if somebody gets a broken leg and the guy shows up at the rink uh, with a cast on his leg, everybody understands there's no doubt that everybody understands, oh, we hope you get better soon. Uh, you know, you're a great player. We can't wait till you get back. Somebody has a concussion, and they actually admit it. It's, oh, Johnny's faking it. Look at him. He's walking around. He looks fine. He's faking it. Come on. Let's move this culture forward. And uh, have, having this kind of law helps create that support group that the kids need to recover properly and that we get rid of some of the stigma. We say it's okay. It's okay that you injured your brain. Let's get you back. Let's do everything we can to get you back. Or it's okay. Maybe you're not going to play hockey anymore. Maybe you're going to go do speed skating or something else. Uh, there's, it, it, you know, I think that support group is critical and we need to educate parents too because I find that sometimes it's the parent that really doesn't have a good appreciation and they're living their life out in their kid and they want to push them back into into competitive play where they get exposed again. So I think that support group will be helped by legislation like this. Uh, we've been talking to Dr. Cusimano. Doctor, we've about a minute left, uh, then we've got to let you go. You've, sure. been, you've been in this field, I guess, for your entire career. Uh, trying to prevent yeah. and and deal with uh, with brain injuries, concussions. Uh, have we come a long way, and how much further do we still have to go? I want to keep people healthy. That's my bottom line, whether it's from concussion or any other injury. And we have come a long way, but we still have an even longer way to go. And we need to get all levels uh, really engaged with this. And we all have a responsibility to play. And as I said earlier, um, that responsibility goes far beyond uh, just the player or the coach or the parent. It goes to the people who sponsor. It goes to the media. It goes to doctors who speak up and doctors who don't speak up. Um, it goes very, very widely. Um, uh, so I think we've got a long ways to go, but this is an important step forward having this there. We've been talking to Dr. Michael Cusimano, who's uh, one of the uh, leading authorities in, in this area. Doctor, uh, we know how valuable your time is, but we also know how important this issue is to you, uh, to me. Uh, and to so many people. And, uh, you know, we appreciate the good work you're doing and the good work of Steve Podborski and organizations like him. And we'll just simply leave it like this. We'd like to chat with you again about it at some point in time. And thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. And I think you're doing an important thing to, to raise awareness about this. And I'm happy to talk any other time you'd like. Thank you so much, Doctor. Have a good day. Have a fantastic day. Uh, 
Steve, we only got about 45 seconds left. Uh, any concussions in your uh, youth, uh, minor youth uh, sports career? No, I, I've never sustained a concussion or been diagnosed with a concussion, but my mom and my sister back in September did, and they're still going through symptoms now. So I, you see through them, it's a real thing, and it does have long-lasting effects. Anyways, uh, we've got to go. I, I, I do want to take the opportunity to uh, pay... Uh, uh, Pay homage to Rowan's Law, to Rowan Stringer, uh, an incredibly beautiful young lady that passed, uh, unfortunately and tragically, and also thank, publicly thank her parents, Gordon and Kathleen Stringer, who have taken a tragedy and are trying to make sure it never happens again to any other young athlete in Canada. Uh, so we, uh, we give them... We salute them for all the tremendous work that they're doing and to all the other people who are doing tremendous work in this area. Dr. Kuzimano, Steve Podborski, uh, and the good people at, in, the, in the media who keep the story going. Naz, I missed you. Hope to see you again next Sunday morning. Uh, let's, let's get you back and talk some Leaf hockey. And Steve, thanks so much for helping me out this morning. Not a problem. Appreciate Anytime. it. Anytime. And to all our listeners, have a fantastic week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.